Why is that one not playing? I don't know. Would you screw up? All the rest of the buttons play. What in the world? Use the force, Luke. I was going to use Tasha Stacy to get some power <laughs> You lose all this money back. That's really weird. Let me look at the By program. By Grabthar's hammer. Whoopee. What, what a, a savings. <laughs> one does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> it's like zero. <laughs> that was pretty good. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> oh, hi-ho. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that you're done recreating the entire intro, <laughs> let's start with the real thing. Live long and prosperous. I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My whole Kermit's frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 115 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm Steve. And I'm Jarman. <laughs> and we are here to co-host the hell out of this. Uh, this week, we are getting ready for the big release of Captain Marvel, the next chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, and a step towards Endgame. Uh, Captain Marvel is supposedly going to play a huge role in Endgame, and I am excited to see this character be developed. Me too. And, like, and be and sort of, uh, so it, I feel like this is the appetizer before Endgame. Yeah, she just looks like it's more cosmic stuff, super powerful. Uh, just a thing they need to defeat something like a Titan, like Mad Thanos. Uh, and we're we're gonna meet that character, and later we're gonna help you get ready and know that what you need to know before you go in and see the movie. Uh, but until then, it's business as usual. So, Jarman, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I had my birthday. That's why I've been kind of gone for a little while. (laughs) That on top of a bunch of work. So uh, I had a crazy birthday party. Thanks to my girlfriend. She she went kind of overboard buying so much crazy Star Trek stuff. We had uh, cardboard standees and costumes. And um, we had a projector screen in the backyard playing original series episodes in the back of the house. Um, it was just nuts. And we had Romulan, (laughs) we had Romulan ale and Klingon blood wine. Uh, the blood wine was sangria. The Romulan ale was like this terribly dangerous mixture of like 151 and blue Curacao and all this stuff. No, that'll that'll kill you. Also strip paint off a boat. Yeah. There's this guy who came to the party. He's been a lot of parties I've gone to over the years and he's a bigger guy and he's got a really high constitution, you know, and he, he took two of those drinks. He's like, German, I, I haven't been tipsy at a party in a long time. It's just like <laughs> Romulan ale will knock you on your ass. So, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, just um, just a lot of nerds hanging out and talking about stuff. And I had my my phaser and my my uh, communicator. It was it was great. It was good times. Well, good. Well, happy birthday! You're 33, right? 33. Thanks for reminding Ooh. me. Yeah. And I must say, uh, for my birthday. I had on a wish list to get this microphone. It was a pie in the sky dream because it's an expensive microphone. Because uh, the same microphone that Mark Marin uses for podcasting and a lot of other top podcasts, and my mom got it for me. Oh, <laughs> so I'm using that right now. Um, it's, it's you spoil smooth. your little boy. She does spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but it was it's pretty wonderful. So I'm really happy about it. But anyways, well, good. Well, happy yeah. birthday! Thanks, man. So what have you been up to? Uh, not too much. Uh, got to play Dungeon World this last week. German, unfortunately, could not make it. He is so busy working, working on, on books and stuff. But we're going to have him back there for this next one, so that's exciting. But we had a great Dungeon World session. Real fun adventure. A guy was beaten to death with his own arm. It was real good. <laughs> uh, and then I took a three-day weekend. Uh, I Even taking a week off coming up going to Pittsburgh, I still have like 120 hours of vacation banked. That's crazy. So I just want to start using it up in little spurts. So I've been uh, setting up three-day weekends, like one a month, basically. It's like a mental uh, health day. Kind of, but it's vacation. I'm using a benefit that I've earned. Yeah. Uh, but And so I, I took one this weekend. I had Friday off, and Friday we went to Happy Hollow, which is a little kid's park, which is normally packed on the weekends. But because I had, it was a Friday, we went, and it was nice and open, and Joyce got to go crazy and have some fun and see some animals. <laughs> Uh, and then we had a low key weekend and I got to take a nap at one point. It was incredible. <laughs> That's never happened before. It hasn't happened in at least two and a half years. You know how I know? Cause Joyce is two and a half years old. <laughs> God. 
poor thing. <laughs> uh, but no, overall, it was a great little three-day weekend. Beautiful. I'm glad you were able to relax over my birthday. Ah, well, good. That was my birthday gift to you to me. <laughs> you sleeping. Yep. I took it for you. <laughs> well, I guess that takes us into some uh, nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy News. I wish I knew where I had found that. I I can't remember. This music is just so great. It's been so long now. Yeah. That's been nerdy news for like at least three and a half years or something like that. Exactly. (laughs) Whoever made that, I appreciate you. And I wish I could compensate you If you ever lose that sound clip, we are dead in the water. (laughs) We're just screwed. (laughs) Just screwed. We can't do it. We can't do nerdy news without it. It's true. It's true. Uh, so this week I have some uh, a movie news rundown, if you will, just a bunch of little snippets about movie stuff that's happening soon. Um, so we have this weird ongoing fascination on this show with the New Mutants movie. <laughs> okay, so this was also my news. Oh, okay. Well, I'll let you talk about that. Okay, later on. save it. I'll skip it. that one. Uh, but beyond that, we have news of Spielberg, who's talking about the Oscars, and apparently a bunch of old curmudgeonly people who are on the Academy are upset that Netflix is stealing uh, their thunder and that Netflix is able to put movies out to be considered by the Oscars. Um, and you have to follow these rules to be considered for the Oscars by having your movie play at least three weeks in the Los Angeles market. And that's it. Okay. That's all you need, need to be considered. So wow. apparently Roma played a very small release, I think, in New York and Los Angeles. Uh, for a couple weeks, and that was all he needed to do, and they fulfilled the requirements. And then Roma just played on Netflix after that, and Roma ran away with tons of Oscars this year. Uh, so people are pissed, and they're trying to make new rules that will make it harder for streaming service movies like Hulu and that kind of thing to have Oscar-nominated films. And I just think they're being a bunch of old men who don't like change. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they need uh, film industry. you got to get with it, guys, or you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to go the way of blockbuster video. you got to stop. And just like movies are being released now on in theaters and streaming on the same day, it's just because they know the audience is there and they want. Well, I mean, and and look, the fact of the matter is, the the viewership for the Oscar ships have been has been on the decline. Yeah, for years so. and years. And then guess what? Numbers were back up this year. The Oscars. The Oscars. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and it happens to be the year that there were a few of Netflix films nominated for a few things. And I was listening to another podcast called The Sincast. It's uh, the guys mm-hmm. who do the movie sins on, on YouTube. They have a podcast. Oh, yeah. And it's really a good podcast. There's huge cinephile guys. And they're saying how they don't care how long the Oscars is. Like, if you like that kind of thing, you'll stay there for four hours and watch it. Like, if there is more entertainment, more um, just instead of pushing the show along and just uh, sticking out awards that make more skits, make, make it a big event like the Super Bowl for movies, you know. And if they did that, they'd probably have a lot better, you know, viewership. Right. And that's what it used to be. You always yeah. look forward to the hosts and what they're going to do. And I distinctly like I remember when Letterman hosted and some of the things he did. Billy Crystal. I remember times. when Crystal hosted and got himself digitally put into all the films nominated that year. It's great. Including including L.A. Confidential, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And this past Oscars, I think maybe had one tiny little skit at one point and that was it. There's nothing else. They were just speeding through the, each one of the awards. And it's like. That isn't the point. Like, we don't want to see a robot just handing out the awards to the people who won them. It's like, make it an event. Your your viewership is going towards Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, and they are pumping out great stuff. Stuff that is on par with you, Hollywood. I'm sorry to say, you're about to be beaten. You can either embrace them and bring over their viewership and welcome to the table, Mm -hmm. or they will create their own award. And it will streaming awards, the, yeah. <laughs> streaming awards, and it will wipe out the Oscars, and you will be dead, and you will be gone. And they got to admit, uh, the director, Alfonso Cuaron, who did um, Roma, he doesn't need to be on Netflix because he's, you know, a huge director at this point. He's already won awards. Right. And so the fact that he was on Netflix shows that they have the money to get him there and the resources to promote his film. So that's just the way it's going to go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so my last little s- snippet story is that Universal, uh, who was doing the dark uh, universe of monsters, oh, yeah. uh, they scrapped that when the mummy basically flopped. Um, yeah, it did pretty bad. I did finally watch the map, that version of the mummy, and it was it was pretty awful. It was pretty awful. Um, it was okay popcorn flick, but like there's just no you didn't care about the characters at all. Um, but they're still going to go forward though with the Invisible Man movie. 
which initially in the Dark Universe was going to star Johnny Depp. Uh, but they mm-hmm. scrapped that whole script and they don't, they got rid of Depp because he's problematic now. Um, and they're making it with, um, so far, Elizabeth Moss is the only lead that they have attached to it. And so she's the woman from Mad Men and from Handmaid's yeah, Tale. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, okay. so they it might become the Invisible Woman or she could just be another lead character, but it's not quite clear yet. Um, but it's got the guy who made, a, um, what do you call it? The mo- Upgrade. <laughs> he made that movie he's making oh, this so okay it'll be interesting uh, and last little snippet is i'm happy about this edge of tomorrow 2 is happening the sequel yeah, to edge of tomorrow yeah i saw that it's exciting so edge of tomorrow if you did not see it uh was it, if it had not been so poorly advertised and so poorly received it would be on the top 10 sci-fi lists of all time oh it's so good like across the board it's one of my favorite but tom cruise movies <laughs> they, they they botched the release they botched the ad campaign and nobody knew what it was and nobody saw it because of that and everyone missed out on a great movie if you haven't seen edge of tomorrow and you like sci-fi films check out edge of tomorrow yeah it's 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 just basically groundhog day for alien space battles <laughs> it's so good and tom cruise is bearable so don't worry about that and emily blunt is fantastic so emily blunt is fantastic great movie great movie through and through check it out there you go and so now, what's your story, Steve? So uh, we have had this interesting fascination with New Mutants. I think the first time you and I did a trailer review for it was a year and a half or almost two years ago. <laughs> I'll have to look that up at some point. Uh, I ran into it the other day, actually. <laughs> I should have made a note. Uh, and this one I've been calling New Mutants, New Headaches. Um, <laughs> so the, the project was delayed, and the rumor and what they announced was that they, were, they had reworked the script and uh, the, the the test audiences weren't like it, they weren't getting the reactions they wanted, so they were doing reshoots to add a character, right, and a new subplot. And this was announced shortly after the project was kind of put on a shelf, like two year a year and a half ago. And it just came out this week that those reshoots have not yet happened. <laughs> the hell, so, I don't. So I don't know what they're doing. My money says. That they were like, there's a great opportunity for a transition character under the new Disney regime. Ah, yeah, maybe. And then the negotiations went on. There was a little bit of court fight. Uh, and so I'm betting that they're going to try to sneak in some character from MCU. And it's going to be like a little bridge thing. Because I feel like the reason they're fighting so hard to make this movie still work. And it hasn't been scrapped a long time ago completely. is because there's so many young adult stars in it. And that, oh, big day. That, yeah. Yeah. Just packs a lot of potential because those movies can keep going for a long time and they have a, a big audience in the 18 to 24 range. You know, that's what they but want. By the time the movie comes out, Maisie Williams is going to look like a different human being. Yeah. She's, I mean, she'll always look really young because she's just tiny and petite and young looking. But she looks like a kid kind of in this versus right. now where you see her, she looks, she has like her quasi adult face. True. It's getting there. So they don't really have time to do these reshoots. <laughs> um, so yeah, they haven't even happened. And so uh, that brings me up to our first bit, which I am calling In Good Company. Um, Yes, there's some terrible production delays, but some other really great movies have run into terrible production delays Mm. and and been put on the shelf for years and years sometimes. So I just wanted to share some of these movies that had some production hell and some major delays. Nice. So the first was The 13th Warrior. I love that movie. So there was over a year and close to a year and a half delay. Uh, there were original dismal test screenings for both producers and investors and stuff, even as they were filming, like the day-to-day reels were not, nobody was pleased with them. Uh, and then um, they, so they, they scrapped the title. It was no longer Eaters of the Dead and it became 13th Warrior. And the studio got really antsy because the movie was very, I think they said like Arabesque in that the music, like all the, the soundtrack was very Middle Eastern inspired. And there was a lot more in the film about Antonio Banderas' Islamic faith and, and stuff uh, like that. Oh, gotcha. And so they, they pulled that all back and they gave it a Jerry Goldsmith America like action <laughs> action soundtrack. Makes <laughs> um, sense. Uh, and, and, and shaped it that way a little bit. Uh, and then Crichton got involved because he didn't want to see his work defamed. He got Disney's blessing. Disney produced the 13th warrior, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I had the DVD. Crichton, I didn't even know that. Crichton got their blessing, went in and started directing part of the movie. Wow. 
and rubbed it in the current director's face that that it didn't matter what he did because Crichton was going to have the final cut. And sure enough, Crichton's cut was the one that went to theaters. <laughs> well, I can't say I'm mad because I really liked the final product. <laughs> yeah. So you're in good company. Uh, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods was originally set for a February 2010 release. Uh, and then it was delayed because they were going to convert it to 3D because that was like a big thing then. Mm. And then MGM started to tank. They sold off a bunch of their properties in existing movies, including Cabin in the Woods. Lionsgate picked it up and then released it. But that was uh, almost two and a half years later. Oh, wow. I think I'd heard about that. Yeah. And it's because it was fantastic. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, <clears throat> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the cult classic, <laughs> was terribly delayed. Uh, the production company that was making actually went bankrupt mid-production. Oh, wow. And uh, Nelson Entertainment and then Orion Pictures ended up releasing it and picking it up and finishing the production. Uh, but there were major delays because of that. Additionally, they were like two and a half weeks away from the end of filming and they still hadn't cast the role of Rufus, <laughs> the mentor character, eventually yeah, George, Carlin. George Carlin. They had asked 20 to 25 people who either said no or could not do it for other reasons because they needed it on such short notice. And on this list was Charlie Sheen, uh, Sean Connery and Ringo Starr were all asked. <laughs> I, I would have been okay with Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, and luckily at the last minute they got George Car- Carlin and he was the right call. Absolutely. And then finally, the ultimate uh, on the shelf movie, um, uh, sort of infamous at this point, The Day the Clown Cried, uh, oh. di- directed and written and starring Jerry Lewis. Right. About being uh, in a concentration it, camp, right? Y- yeah, it's it's about a clown in a concentration camp for children. Um, so it was only aired one time. It was at the Cannes Film Festival in 1972, and people that saw it... Uh, said that not only was it incredibly insane topic to cover, but he did not do it well. <laughs> That's a problem. You got to do that it, well. And, and it was quoted as tone deaf and completely misguided for what it was. Uh, and Jerry Lewis signed some sort of agreement where it can't be released for a long time. <laughs> um, but that is still, that's still not released. So that's the ultimate on the shelf movie. I know there's a big long story about uh, um, uh, Terry Gilliam, from you know Monty Python and Brazil and all those movies, mm-hmm. he's been working on a Man of La Mancha movie for ten plus years. Oh um, yeah, and so they're finally releasing a version of it with new actors because it was originally with Johnny Depp and some other people and stuff. Um, that was maybe fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. But yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. So now it's coming out with Jonathan Price playing uh, uh, Don Quixote, and it's so that's another one. But that probably won't turn out very well either. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, good times. Uh, but yeah, so those are those are some other movies. So don't worry about Good Mutants. It's in good company. It could still be a movie that goes down the books. And I did read that it, there's rumors that it might just be shoved off to Hulu or Disney Plus at some point in some form. So we might just see that at some point. Okay. In good company. So now on to our main feature segment on Captain Marvel. That was epic as shit. Apparently, that's the main theme for Captain Marvel. So it was catchy. I'm gonna hum it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> hum any of these damn things. <laughs> it's just like the Superman theme. That's, right. oh, that's not the right theme. <laughs> um, so. I, I don't know how we're going to cover this. So we'll just start talking and see what comes up. Well, I think the first thing we can mention is like the very beginnings of this. There's lots of weird situations involving Shazam and Captain Marvel, uh, which funny because they're both those movies are coming out pretty close together That's uh, true. and their beginnings were embroiled together. Um, there was a trial in which DC comics sued Fawcett comics for breach of copyright, claiming Fawcett's Captain Marvel was too similar to Superman and that Captain Marvel they're talking about from Fawcett Comics was a kid named Billy Badson who would say mm-hmm. Shazam and turn into Captain Marvel. Um, but what's funny is that Marvel buys the rights to the name Captain Marvel from and Fawcett makes Comics. makes their own Captain Marvel. And makes their own Captain Marvel. And yet somehow later on, DC Comics, who had sued Fawcett Comics, buys the rights to that character, Shazam. So it's all, they're all connected. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so the character goes back w- way back. Uh, 1967. 1967. 
Uh, and there have been the one thing you need to know. There have been a lot of Captain Marvels, and I have info on all of them. Very <laughs> strange circumstances. I've got a bunch of them. There were some lesser ones that I went. No, I'm not going to write down a sentence about that. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven total official ones. There might be more. That yeah, there's are, like eight or nine minor ones, though. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, first one was he was like an alien military officer. From the Kree, which uh, the Kree and the Skrull are going to be a big focus. And the one thing I didn't get to look into is that uh, the Kree, in everything we've seen on the MCU and in the comics, they're blue. But yet, all these Captain Marvel people are all like white humans. Okay, so this is something else I looked up. So apparently in Kree culture, there are the blue Kree and like the pink Kree. And the pink Kree look very similar to humans. And they are, in fact, closer DNA-wise to humans. Or something. I don't know. I did look this up though. <laughs> so yeah, Captain Marvell, M A R dash V E L L. He was a Cree military officer, uh, and they sent him off to observe Earth because we were starting our spacefaring technology, which is cool because it's May 1967 when we actually were just starting to go to the moon and that kind That's of thing. That's true. We got the moon in 1969. Yeah, so it's pretty appropriate. Um, but he didn't like the Cree that much, and he really liked the humans. He grew close to them, so he. Uh, abandons his military role with the Kree and pr- decides to protect Earth and dons a spandex outfit and becomes Captain Marvel. And then he went through another revamp where he w- there was this character named Eon who's this cosmic entity <laughs> who declared him also protector of the universe. Right. Uh, and, and Eon like nurtures life and, and, and cultivates life in the universe. And uh, then in, at this point they fought Thanos uh, and allied with the Titans against Thanos, and uh, and they then ruined the planet Titan that you saw in Infinity War. Oh. So there's a chance that Captain Marvel is attached to Thanos in some other way. Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> and one of the Titans uh, was Elysius, who he becomes lovers with. So he gets to get it on with the Titan of the universe. Damn right. Which is pretty cool. Uh, at some point, he gets exposed to no debt. Di- this is no joke. Toxic nerve gas by a villain called Nitro. And gets cancer. Gets cancer and dies. <laughs> so this cosmic entity who's protecting the universe is still killed by cancer in a 1982 and, comics run. Yeah. Uh, and then there was some, now comes the second incarnation, and that's a character, Monica Rambeau, who's a police officer from New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> uh, and could turn in and project, turn into energy and project energy. And then, but then gave up the title to Captain Marvel's son. Yeah. And she and, was actually hit with like a, just a disruptor weapon that gave her extra dimensional energy and superpowers. They were kind of similar to Captain Marvel's. So the media started calling her Captain Marvel. That's why she did that. So she's, she kept the name for a bit, but yeah, she gave it to his son, Janice and that, Bell. And then she became photon. And then later on changed her name again to Pulsar. Yes. <laughs> She's like Prince. She had lots and lots of names. <laughs> One time she's a symbol. So Janice Vell, uh, he was the genetically engineered son of Captain Marvel, the original, and his lover, the Titan, Elysius. So they genetically engineered him. So he's half Titan, half Kree. Um, and he came around around 1993. And they accelerated his age so he could become an adult quickly for story reasons. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he goes insane at one point. Yeah, turns evil, uh, changes his name to photon i think that's what it was yeah just to piss off i guess monica rambo who already had pro- photon proton i don't know yeah uh but then he had to be destroyed because uh his life was somehow linked to the destruction of the universe and if they didn't destroy him the universe would be destroyed right it was a i, I didn't quite understand it so baron zemo who we saw in a, another movie completely different in the, in the mcu he's a lot more powerful in the comic books he uh, scatters pieces of Janice Vell's body throughout time in the dark force dimension. You know, like you do. <laughs> so That's crazy. So once, uh, at one point, uh, he created multiple universes, Janice Vell, and one of those universes, they made another um, sister of his, basically another bioengineered. Phylavel. Phylavel. and Not spelled the way you think. No. And she doesn't really ever use the name Captain Marvel, but... She kind of takes that from him to use that name. But then later on, she just goes around the Guardians of the Galaxy a lot, doing a lot of space stuff. And she dies to protect the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
So she barely even uses that title, Captain Marvel. Uh, the next one is my favorite name. The fifth incarnation is Kunur. <laughs> Kun- uh, Kunur. Uh, a Skrull villain, actually, who gets uh, encoded with Marvel's DNA. Uh, but then Marvel's DNA is, uh, the original intends to be evil. Marvel's DNA is so powerful that it takes over his mind and like makes it good and is good in spite of him being a villain. Right. And he now long, no longer knows that he's a scroll. He thinks he actually is the original captain Marvel because his memories have come back and, uh, the memories of the scroll sleeper agent that he's actually is have disappeared. Um, so he just keeps fighting for good. Um, and he was around the 2007 era is when this guy came around. And the other heroes think he's actually him, too. They think he came back from the negative zone in some kind of, like, time slip or something. Oh, um, weird. Yeah. So then they he fights with them. And then there's a big battle in space. And a super scroll uh, gives him a big whammy. And he crashes down to Earth. And he dies. All right. Uh, after that is Novar, a Kree envoy uh, who had... Apparently was a minor character in a lot of prior storylines, but then in a series called the dark Avengers uh, took up the name Captain Marvel and joined this team of other superheroes, quote unquote, only to later find out that the team was uh, an Avengers put together by Norman Osborn. And they were all made to be like a super villain, super team. Yeah, (laughs) he didn't know any better. And apparently the the thing is that the Kree saw that there was no longer because the Kree aren't all bad, I guess they're kind of half bad sometimes, but they they saw there wasn't a Captain Marvel for the first time in a long time to protect Earth from things like the Scroll that are their enemies. So they created these nega bands, which are the things that um, the original Captain Marvel had that made them really powerful. They made yeah, that like summon energy from a different dimension. There was a lot about that. I didn't quite. Yeah, it's understand. pretty complicated. There's a guy he would connect with, and then I don't trade place with him. It didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so they give him even stronger nega bands. So he's like an even stronger Captain Marvel uh, for a while there. And actually, wow. for some reason, Novar is. I looked up his, his race because I was confused about it, where he came from. He's half Cree, half cockroach. I'm not joking. Wow. <laughs> He's been ingrained with insectoid DNA, mostly cockroach. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, suck on that. Uh, and the next one is uh, Carol Danvers. <laughs> Carol Danvers has been around for almost as long as the character of Marvel or Captain Marvel since about 1968. Right. Um, and played a U.S. Uh, officer and operative. Uh, that actually interacted with Marvel a couple times prior, uh, and in 1977 became Mrs. Marvel. When after some sort of radiation or energy blast, her DNA mixed with Marvel's. And it's he, important to say Ms. Marvel because Ms. Marvel. She's not like his wife or something. Um, she's married to Justice, right? Well, so there's a story behind this chick. So this is one we're going to see in the movie, played by Brie Larson. Um, and so her father was a naval officer and a construction worker, and somehow her mom was a uh, Mary L, who's a champion of the Cree. So she's half Cree, half human, apparently. Okay. Um, but they called her Car L, but they changed it to Carol to fit with the Earthlings. That's kind of silly, but that's the way it is. Um, <laughs> so she really wanted to be an astronaut. So she joins the Air Force. Uh, she gets her college degree through the military. Uh, she gets goes up uh, higher and higher in the military. She gets shot down one point and tortured for several days by an enemy, but escapes and gives the CIA intelligence, which puts her onto the special operations force of the air force uh, where she starts working with Nick Fury and gets a little more involved with like the characters we know. Um, then she gets becomes uh, head of sec head of security for NASA. Um, and that's where she starts getting involved with Cree and she meets captain Marvell, like we, you talked about. And during a, this is important during a battle with Jan Rog and captain Marvel, she gets knocked into a Cree psycho magnetron, uh, which like you do. Yeah. And that apparently transforms her DNA, giving her this superhuman and activating her Cree human DNA together and making her super powerful. And Jan Rog is going to be played by, uh, what's his face? Uh, British dude in the movie. Um, not Paul Bettany, not Paul Bettany. What's his name? He's in everything. I don't know. Uh, AI. Uh, he's in, uh, uh, British Will Smith, young Pope. He's in that show. Um, Haley Joe Osmond. God damn it. He's British. Jude Law. Jude Law. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So in the, we're in the trailers. He's looks almost like a mentor figure. Uh, but in the comics, Jan Rog is not a good dude. And he's always battling Captain Marvel. And then in that battle was where she gets her powers. So I don't know how that works out. Um, oh, it's going to be like when she was training, he was a mentor. And then 
he turned evil and now she has to take him down and fight, but he knows he taught her everything. How's she going to, it's going to be the same trope. We know it probably. Uh, but that's, yeah, like we said, that's how she becomes Ms. Marvel. Uh, and, uh, she goes on a lots and a really long stretch of adventures and stuff that we don't need to cover. Um, but, uh, at one point when she's fighting Yon Rog many, many years later, she gets brain damage and loses a big chunk of her memories. And that's also important because in the movie we see, or the trailer, we see her saying, uh, uh, trying to remember her past. And she's like, I know I was someone else before and that kind of thing. So I think this might be connected as well. I think maybe in the nineties, she has this fight, eventual fight with her mentor, Jan Rog loses her memory and somehow gets transported to our current day. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. Uh, but she also in the comics dates Jim Rhodes, who's War Machine. Um, ah, okay. So that might happen in the movies. Who knows? He's a little bit too old for her, but we'll see. Uh, it's just a number. Yeah. She eventually becomes the commander of the Alpha Flight, which is a protector against space threats for Earth, which is cool. Um, she gets in several fights with Tony Stark in the second Civil War storyline. Uh, people like Bruce Banner and Captain America die in that storyline. Wow. But then there's uh, the newest thing, Secret Wars, I think it was called. But uh, Steve Rogers turns out to be actually working for Hydra. He's back to yeah, life somehow. Right. Uh, and so she protects from the Shatari hordes of aliens. And uh, she defeats him. And they bring back the real Steve Rogers. And Alpha Flight's destroyed. She has no place to live. That's the last we see of her so far in the comics. But she's still around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. But we've watched what two or three trailers now of this movie. This is, I think, this is like the second real trailer. I think there was a trailer, maybe a thirty-second spot or something like that. Right. And then this is the the second one, two real second real trailer that actually shows most of the assumed plot. So, what do you think of the movie so far? What they look like? Uh, I mean, of course, I'm excited. Now, mind you, I don't know if I'm excited about this movie or if I'm excited about Endgame, and this is a step to an Endgame. True. Um, I look if Carol, I'm going to be disappointed if Carol Danvers is not the key to defeating Thanos. Well, a lot of fans are are pissed at the idea of that even being the case. They're like, "You should introduce this this character and have her just be the secret to killing him, and we haven't we don't know who she is," kind of thing. Yeah, I I could I guess I could get that, but I'm going to be really mad if they like tease this and then it doesn't really attach to Endgame. If yeah. it's not worth the buildup. I mean, it has to connect to Endgame. So at the end of the last one, we have Nick Fury beeping oh, her, I'm basically. T- I'm saying it better, but I'm just hoping that they don't screw this up. Yeah, I think the movie has possibly been really good. Um, I think it's funny, the backlash in incel culture about this movie. <laughs> yeah, but they can get over it. They're dumb. We all know you're dumb. You have a name because people make fun of you. Like, incel, like... No, they're upset with the the actress Brie Larson because she's been saying things publicly that she literally said this movie is not made for white men. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm okay with that. I'm stuck. I can still enjoy this movie if it's not made for me. And it doesn't upset me her or say that. It's great that it's a movie made for women or minorities, people who are oppressed yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like great. neither was Black Panther and it just it got nominated for all sorts of Oscars and stuff. Yeah, like that movie was not made for white men and it was which is fine. And if Isn't you're a white man Marvel film to win Oscars? What was that? Wasn't it the first Marvel film to win Oscars? Uh, not to win Oscars. I think they've won visual uh, effects Oscars before, but it's the first oh, yeah, one, first any kind of sci-fi superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture, which is crazy. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that was awesome. But yeah, just people are egos are so fragile. They're like, uh, if I'm threatened by this movie being all black or all women or a woman lead character, they're like, oh, it's you know, it's against men or it's going to oppress men somehow. It's like, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Girdle your loins, boys. Yes. We're going to be okay. I'm very excited about a non-scantily clad uh, female superhero um, who's not overly sexualized like poor um, Scarlett Johansson's character is, you know? Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. And yeah, I think you're right. It should be a key to defeating Thanos. That should be important. So part of those keys is going to be Captain Marvel's powers. Uh, and I've got a little, like a, a rundown. Oh, what good. these kind of powers are. So I was confused what her powers exactly uh, are. So in some ways similar to Superman, and I'll tell you why. So one of the big powers is to absorb and manipulate energy. Mm. Uh, 
including electricity and heat and radiation, all forms of energy can absorb it, redirect it, push it. Um, but in the same way, absorbs energy from the sun like Superman and gets a lot of her sh- like strength and general energy from the sun. Hmm. Um, so um, th- kind of has some periphery powers, we'll say. Uh, can use energy fields to move things around, producing an effect similar to telekinesis. Gotcha. Uh, and it supposedly can even change size in some way. Uh, cosmic awareness and precognition. This uh, think of it as spider spider sense, but on a like universal scale. Yeah, that's a big one. They said all the Captain Marvels kind of had that. That's what kind of makes them Captain yeah. Marvel. Uh, cosmic awareness. So it's just big spidey sense. Um. And then can survive out in the back vacuum of space without any support, uh, super strength, super durability. Um, and then there are some powers that, so the idea is that Carol Danvers inherited all the DNA from Marvell or half of from Marvell. And so in theory has all the powers that Marvell had. So even though Carol Danvers has not shown these powers in theory, she has access to them because Marvell did, hmm. uh, which include gravity control teleportation, casting and making illusions, uh, self-healing or regeneration powers, uh, being able to redirect energies in the body to like directly heal places. Uh, and then as far as weaknesses go, Carol, just like Superman and, and other, we'll say super all around folks, uh, <laughs> only real weakness is in her mind. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. She gets struck in the head or something and loses part of her memory, which really sets her back. Uh, susceptible to mind control and trickery and magic uh, magics similar to Superman. Right. Um, So, you know, the, the mind is the key is, is her one big weakness. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think that, um, you know, we've seen Thanos blast people with the gauntlet, use it to do incredible things. And if she can, absorb that energy and redirect it back at him, then it basically neutralizes Thanos. But he does have the mind stone. If that's a weakness, he does have that. That is true. That is true. So she can't do it on her own, probably. No, no, no. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But I, if I think she's going to be act as like, act as like a neutralizer, if I had to guess. Right. Kind of absorb everything. Um, uh, something else, something kind of fun before we move out of this. Um, there has been uh, a cat shown in the trailer that Nick Fury actually kind of like ooze and ahs over. And uh, according to the comics, they don't think it's a cat. Uh, it, Carol Danvers has a pet cat named Chewy that is not, in fact, a cat at all, but is at some point revealed to her by Rocket Raccoon to be a flurkin, <laughs> which are uh, inner. Uh, interdimensional beings that look like cats and kind of behave like cats, uh, but can teleport and can house universes in their mouth. What? <laughs> and have these like tentacle things that leave in their mouth that can lash out and kill people and stuff. Um, so who, who knows that could be a, a plot element, but yeah, they've trotted that cat out at like press conferences and stuff and put it out in, like the red carpet and stuff. So I don't know what the deal is with that cat. <laughs> so they're expecting it to be a big piece. That means it, it it's definitely more than a cat then. That's funny. <laughs> we'll see. It's coming out this Friday, so I'm going to see it um, in I'm in Austin, Texas, going on a trip soon. Um, and I actually got tickets to the Alamo Draft House, which is this like really famous uh, chain of um, theaters in the U.S. that has yeah. like they really respect the film. And uh, they have there's also of- one here in San Francisco. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. They've really expanded. So I'm seeing it in, t- in Austin while we're there, like 1025 showing. So right. it's exciting. Uh, I'm a parent, so I probably will not see it. <laughs> but you'll so, see it eventually. Yeah. Storks will drop it off. All right. So now uh, taking us out, I've got some uh, trivia questions for Jarman. And these are specifically about female superheroes. Nice. Uh, most of this trivia comes from uh, from the grapevine.com. Just <laughs> so I give credit where it's due. That great site. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Who is why? And these are all multiple choice. Okay. Who is widely considered the first female superhero? Fantoma, Callisto, or Phantom Girl? I don't know why, but I'm going to go with Phantom Girl. 
that, that was my instinct as well, actually. It is Fantoma, oh. the mystery woman of the jungle, who appeared in something <laughs> called the Marvel Jungle comic series. Oh, boy. She could like, transform and do survival stuff and super strength. Sort of, yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right. How did Spider-Woman get her powers? A lab accident? A storm in space? Or an alien attack? Hmm. The one that's weird is storm in space. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, no, that would be like the Fantastic Four. Uh, she was a lab accident. Uh, her father, Jessica Drew, is the name of the, the, her, her character. A father was a scientist for Hydra who accidentally gave her radiation poisoning and to save her life injected her with an experimental uh, spider serum. Jeez. And she ended up with Spider-Man-esque powers. Gotcha. I never knew the story of her, so that's um, interesting. All right. When She-Hulk isn't smashing in green... What does her alternate self, Jennifer Walters, do for a living? Is she an accountant, a lawyer, or a reporter? She's a lawyer. I knew that one. Good job. She is. She's a lawyer. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, she got her She-Hulk strength through a blood transfusion with her cousin, Bruce. Oh, all right. That's right. What is Storm of the X-Men's worst fear? Tight spaces. Spiders or fires? Uh, well, someone like her, like the, the weather, the wind, maybe tight spaces. It is. It is small spaces. Uh, a jet crashed into her house when she was five, killing both of her parents, and she spent days under the rubble trapped. Oh, interesting. Before she was rescued. All right. And now here's the final one. You got two right. <laughs> Not terrible. All right. What is Catwoman's real name? Paulina Knight. Diana Prince or Selena Kyle? Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. That's right. Uh, and uh, the role of Catwoman has been portrayed by uh, the likes of Michelle Pfeiffer, Anne Hathaway, Halle Berry, and Eartha Kitt. And the new chick on Gotham. Yeah, whoever she is. <laughs> She's great. So you got you got three out of five. Good work. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I think that takes us into some trailer reviews. Yeah. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. To burn it, Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. I was able to leave the room and get a glass of wine during that entire thing. (laughs) We talk talk a lot. Uh, So this week on Trailer Reviews, we are reviewing um, a movie we actually reviewed before. Uh, Dark Phoenix has released a trailer number two that reveals a lot more. Yeah, it's a good trailer. Let's listen to it right now. Why did you make me do that? Look at me. Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. She was my friend. You're my family, Jean. Stop. No matter what. Stop. Stop. Stop! You're special, Jean. And if you stop fighting that force inside you, if you embrace it, he will possess the very power of a god. She'll kill us all. Tell me how we fix this, Charles. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And what they don't understand. What they fear. And what they fear. They seek to destroy. It's your fault, Charles. I tried to protect her. I'm scared. And when I lose control, bad things happen people I love. The girl dies. She's still Jean. 
We can still help her. Sometimes you want to believe people are something that they are not. By the time you realize who they are. It's too late. She's coming. So, a better trailer, I think, than the last yeah. one. Yeah, uh, they did. They showed a lot, which is a little bit concerning. True, like that would seem like the big climax moment they showed at the end of that trailer. Yeah, uh, and then we saw the big, uh, like the 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 look that Mystique is dying. Yeah, and she I even says like, "I why did I do that to her?" Kind of thing. So there's no way that the only reason they they would show that in a trailer is if they specifically mislead you to think that Mystique dies, or if the Mystique and someone else big dies. Right. And I think that they did. And I think that's Quicksilver. I also think that they probably plan to kill Mystique in this movie way before any talks of Fox and Disney because Jennifer Lawrence does not want to do these parts anymore. Right. And even in this one, you can see she's in this like full getup so that the only part that she has to do makeup for is like her face and her hands. And I'm just happy they did like, that because it was so ridiculous. Her always being in human form because that's the big thing about Mystique was that she's proud of her mutantness, you know? So it was it was really stupid the last movie because it was Jennifer Lawrence. They wanted to have her looking like Jennifer Lawrence. Right. So that was really dumb. So I'm glad they're doing that this time. Uh, yeah. But I think she I think her and Quicksilver will go in that will die in that scene. Hmm. It'd be sad to lose Quicksilver. But I mean, there's no more movies anyway, so it doesn't matter, I guess. Uh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, the the Phoenix Sonic that, you know, and love, it looks like it's going to be what they tried in Last Stand, but maybe done well this time. I liked Last Stand. You would. Uh, Do you know what happens to a frog that gets struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Um, oh, I love it. But I'm I'm excited for this. You know, I've liked this series of films from Fox. Uh, I'm glad that, that they're getting a chance to release this and it didn't die in the Disney merger. Yeah, but kind I'm of like a e- final thing. Yeah. I'm not expecting much. And we've been watching this series for 20 years. Yeah. 1999 was the first X-Men. Yeah. It's insane. Um, So, yeah, I'm ready for it to end. I'm not expecting much out of this one, but I still do still want to see it. So this one gets a shut up and take my money if I didn't have a child. Mine says I'll see it at theaters if possible. So kind of the same thing as you, but otherwise give it a buck. Um, Okay. But for all the effects, I'd like to see it in theaters, but it wouldn't be like a top priority for me because the last one, Age of Apocalypse, was kind of lacking. That's right. Um. But yeah, so our next film we got is the biopic of Elton John starring Taron Edgerton of uh, Kingsman fame. Yeah. So here it is, Rocket Man. Ceiling and tea. I could hear the whole tune in my head. It was all there, I could see all the notes and I just had to get it out. It's a little bit funny The ceiling inside. What did you say your name was again? My name is... Reggie! Reginald Dwight. Reginald. That's my granddad's name. So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? Gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. You can be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Why are you still something flashy? Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. And just don't kill yourself with drugs. So how does it feel to be a star? It's never going to last. Let's just enjoy it while we can. Our sleeping arrangements get out. All of this is gone. I just hope you realise you're choosing a life of being alone forever. Don't you want to just sing without this ridiculous paraphernalia? People don't pay to see Reg White. They pay to see Elton John. Sorry. How much pressure I'm under? Not really. I'll still be collecting my 20% long after you've killed yourself. Maybe I should have tried to be more ordinary. You were never ordinary. 
shy little boy you were. <laughs> Look at you now. So the reason that whole thing plays is because all that singing was actually Taron Edgerton, and he's really good. Yeah, I, I hope so. It didn't sound a little tame. Like, there's obviously a little bit of tune correction kind of a stuff going bit, on. Yeah, I hope light. it doesn't get too bad, and I hope that he is that talented. Well, the thing is, like, I just watched um, Bohemian Rhapsody, the biopic for Queen and Freddie Mercury, and he didn't sing any of it because he can't sing. Robbie Malik, right. the guy they cast. Um, and it well, just, not only, well, hold on. Let's let's all just start this. Like, Elton John's one thing. Freddie Mercury is an entirely <laughs> different element. True. To say, say, like, I can't believe he didn't even try. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's Freddie Mercury, dude. But at the same time, what they did is they found this guy online who is a actually a Christian oh, rock singer. Yeah, I've seen him. And he sounds almost exactly like Freddie Mercury. It's freaking uncanny. Um, so they had him do all the voice parts for the film. And I was really sad that they didn't mention him once in any of their speeches, all the awards they won at the Oscars. They didn't mention him once. And his performance was half of that performance because <laughs> right. he sang so much in that movie. And then you could tell it was a different version than the recorded version of the song. It was him doing it. And that, and um, also I thought Robbie Malek was like a robot in that movie, just like he is a Mr. Robot. I, I don't know why he won best actor for that. Yeah. I know you weren't, he wasn't your favorite to win. No, it was bad. Um, but anyways, uh, I think Taron Edgerton looks much better in this as, Instead of having to make him look exactly like him or make him sound exactly like him, he's just acting the part, you know, and his interpretation right. of Elton John. I think it looks it looks good. Yeah, uh, but it's going to be about his tumultuous run in rock and roll, his battle with drugs and alcohol, and his multiple strange marriages to women and men and everything in between. Which I didn't know a lot about, so I'm interested to watch. But uh, but yeah, it just seems like a you know familiar story of all yeah, rock stars I, kind of thing. Yeah, this one's gonna get uh, a give it a buck for me. If it shows up on iTunes or Netflix. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Same here. Give it a old buck. All right, and then that takes us into radical recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend pleasant. Now, last time we did this, I, I forgot to put the link in of the cool YouTube channel you mentioned. Oh, uh, Steve, Steve MRE 1989. Right. <laughs> Info. Steve 1989 MRE Info. Yeah, I forgot to put in the show notes, though. So next time you mention something like that, I'll need to put it in the show notes so we can. All right. Well, I'm mentioning something like that. So. Well, I'll go ahead first then. Um, right. <laughs> so I watched this documentary that I'd heard about on another podcast called Behind the Curve, and it's on Netflix. And it's basically all about the flat earth movement. Oh, I got to watch a little bit of that. It was fascinating. Um, just it has like psychologists and real scientists and philosophers and trying to figure out how this is even happening, that people are going back to the medieval point of view that the earth is flat uh, when all evidence points to the contrary. And it just basically it doesn't really bash these people or call them idiots. So it just, it makes you feel bad for them because they have a psychological issue. And almost all the people who are in the flat earth movement are people who are already obsessed with conspiracies as it is any kind of conspiracy they get their hands on. Oh yeah. They're like poster boy is just insane. Right. At one um, point, someone in the documentary says, uh, everyone thinks flat earth, flat earthers are people who just live in their mom's basement and their poster boy of the movement. They cut to him and he's living in his mom's basement. <laughs> Um, but and not only that, but like even amongst them, they can't those idiots can't decide what's real. Right. And they fight with each other all the time. Yeah. There's like four or five different versions of what it is. And some of them, there are other continents outside of our Earth sphere that we haven't discovered somehow. And they don't go into like the exact theories in this documentary. I think they don't want you to even have a chance of trying to be. Well, and that's the thing, this when, stuff, which is good. And, in the documentary for the most part, anytime they're confronted with like, where's your proof? There's like, they're like, where's your proof? Yeah. <laughs> I can see with my eye. Yeah. It's like when I have a conversation with um, Christians or I'm having kind of like logical based conversation, um, not bashing them at all. Just saying like, you know, well, you have the burden of proof because you're putting forth an extraordinary claim. And they say, well, where's your proof? God does not exist. I'm like, well, I'm, I don't have to prove that because I'm not offering anything. You're saying the world is flat when everything goes to the contrary. You have to prove that, <laughs> you know, um, especially when it's a case of going against all scientists and all modern knowledge saying that that's just all conspiracy. They're all lying. Every every astronaut has ever gone to space is lying. And, and yeah, 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 like 
like that's 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 my favorite one of my favorite parts about that is they're like well yeah there what about all the astronauts that are going to space well the most obvious explanation is a huge conspiracy involving <laughs> every space organization in the world right and i'm like we can't even get together for like coffee without arguing with each other how would every single country's space agency agree on this and the weird thing is they talk about this later in the documentary uh, they have a scientist saying we can't just dismiss these people and call them idiots or crazy because unfortunately a lot of them are really intelligent and somehow they've been so misguided and gone down such a weird dark path that they believe this and it's nuts to believe this stuff but they're not crazy and they're not stupid so he's like, we need to re-educate these people and get them back into the scientific community. Um, so it's fascinating. And at one point in the documentary, they have this experiment that goes terribly wrong. And it basically proves... Yeah, where they're going <laughs> to use a tripod to point a laser, but the instrumentation is just not remotely precise enough to do anything like what they're trying to do. Well, they redo the experiment and do it right. And... He says, well, if we do it this way, we should see this resolve. If we do it this way, that means the Earth is round. <laughs> and then they do it, and all of a sudden, the results come back that the Earth must be round because of their experiment. And he's like, huh, that that's weird. Um, huh. <laughs> I'm like, you can't explain it. And they've done multiple experiments. This group that's actually scientifically trying to prove that it actually is flat, and they keep getting bad results every time, but they still believe it every yeah. single time. So um, definitely recommend it behind the curve. It's It's fascinating. Uh, my radical recommend this week is uh, I'm going on this big YouTube kick. Yeah, man. And uh, the what I found that actually he produces some really great content and puts out videos all the time, but really doesn't have that many subscribers is uh, it's called Blake's Exotic Animal Ranch. And it's this guy named Blake in South Florida who lives at his family's ranch, works nights and puts all of his free time and money into taking care of like vast quantities of animals. Nice. That's near me, South Florida. Uh, Ranging from uh, goats and cows, rare turtles and fish, and he's raising rare Galapagos tortoises uh, and pigs, and he's always looking to get new animals or going to rescue. He gets calls from people who apparently have ponds and stuff, and they're like, hey, I don't want these koi anymore. (laughs) He says, I'll take them, and he brings them to his his ranch and he's constantly working to expand things for his animals. So he just had like a backhoe come in and dig out a big, what used to be one of the grazing fields. And now he put rocks in and now it's a pond for his turtles. And he got to move all of his turtles out of his own old pond, but he's constantly upgrading stuff for them. And he's got nice, pretty nice quality videos to show all this stuff. Oh yeah, he does. He, he puts together a lot of really good content um, and he's very much, and this is sort of the theme I'm coming across is of what I enjoy is these people who are very excited about what they do. So right. even though it's mundane, you get excited about what they do. So like there was an episode where he talked about, um, you know, like, uh, a bunch of his animals got attacked and got killed mm. because a wild hog had broken through his fence and then his neighbor's dog came in and you see him like like emotionally dealing with the death of his animals and he's invested and sad bummed out and like but he just it's just these people who are passionate about what they do yeah and it's definitely doing these unique things they do like the M- mre guy was fascinating um, oh yeah and now <laughs> this person with these like animals and everything that's just a it's very unique stuff so it makes it so, interesting yeah, that, that, that's my my youtube recommend uh radical recommend Blake's exotic animal ranch Check him out. He's got a ton of video content. If you like animals and nerdy nature kind of stuff, you're going to love him. Nice. All right. And uh, do we have a we, we have a small thank you section, right? We do. So here we go. Copyrighted song. Nope. Thank you. I'm going to talk over the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not losing any more revenue. Travel, travel, on YouTube. Are. All right. Hell with it. <laughs> so this week... Uh, from our last episode, uh, which was uh, the copycat cinema gamer versus surrogates, we had uh, my good friend and longtime listener, Josh White, responded, Oddly, I enjoyed Gamer, but I was in the mood for it and watched it with a friend who was uh, good to see that kind of thing with. Which I understand that totally, because there's some movies that if I watched alone uh, are a lot crappier than that when, I, when I watched yeah, them true. with a friend or something. Like, we watched Kung Pao in high school, and that probably is a terrible movie, oh, but we man. loved it the death out of it. I have never, to this day... I have never laughed harder and had my face and stomach hurt <laughs> it was, after a movie, with the exception of that time you and I went to go see Kung Pao with Shane. 
I know. It was just the most funny moment of my entire life. I've never experienced a funnier moment than that moment. And I have the DVD and it's still funny to me, but I mean, never like that moment. I just, my face and my stomach hurt from how much we laughed. It's like it was almost torture of laughter. It was almost it was so good. <laughs> so he also says, uh, <laughs> "Jarman won the debate." Oh, but I love the Keith David digression. Digression. <laughs> Who's gonna take out Keith, like Keith David? Uh, that was great. <laughs> just delightful. And uh, one one of the redeeming factors of uh, Coraline, which is my daughter's current favorite movie, and we watch all the time, is the fact that Keith David does a voice in it. Oh, very nice. He's got a giant voiceover career. Um, and he says, I beat Steve in the game songs, but only like by one, uh, that's you know, where we, I played songs for Steve and he had to guess what game it was from. Uh, but yeah, some of them were pretty out there. So yeah, they were, you got a lot of them. So thanks, Josh. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, Thank you, Josh. And, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this week's a play on nerds. Doesn't it? All right. That has been episode one fifteen, giving you everything that you need to know about captain Marvel before it hits theaters. Come back next week or maybe the week after we'll see for episode one sixteen. We don't know what it's going to be about yet, but you know it's going to be good. It'll be great. Uh, We will keep on being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. And how.